Um, um, don't ask me what chapter. I think it's chapter 6 because I did not write it on my notes. That's great. It's Daniel chapter 6. If I'm wrong, someone correct me. I'm right. Okay, good. Praise God. I'm not always right. My wife is always right, but I'm not always right. So, <laughs> oh, Come on, you can say man. You know, I earned myself a few trophies. So, Daniel chapter, Daniel chapter 6. Now, I must say this. I have had different conversations this last couple of weeks. Just out of nowhere with some people says, hey, you know, I've been reading Daniel. Way to go, people. Way to get in the Word and reading, you know. We're not going to be studying the book of Daniel or anything. But sometimes it's just good to, to have some direction and a sense of unity and how God's been speaking to different ones as they read Daniel. I, I, if you are not reading the book, it's an interesting book. Uh, you be, pick it up today. I know there's some football games, but I, I tell you, Daniel's better. Daniel's better. Chapter 6. Are you with me? Did you find it? All right. I'm going to read a story uh, because a couple of weeks ago I talked about the importance of prayer and fasting and how that impacts our life, what it does for us, okay? And the importance of making it a lifestyle for you. And the one reason, um, uh, one of the benefits of, of, of becoming a person who regularly prays, who regularly finds times of fasting, times of removing distractions from your life, setting one day, three days, a week, whatever, but just to being intentional about seeking God's face and hearing God's voice. And when you do... I promise you, God is faithful, and God will speak to you about your life. And so one of the benefits and, uh, we t- is, is, is for, for just intimacy with God. And we talked about that last week. If you missed the message, it's online and all that. It's called Closer, about a getting closer relationship. And the second component that this will help you in your life is, is having breakthrough in your life. And I want to touch on that a little bit. And I'm going to read just a, a story, a short story, and then we'll talk. Verse 1, Darius the Mede, he's the king now, decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces. And he appointed a, a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two other administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the kingdom's interest. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than any other administrator and high officer. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Then the administrators and the high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling governing affairs. But they could not find anything to criticize or condemn Daniel. Another translation says, Daniel moved in a spirit of excellence. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Then the man said, We shall find no, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless, unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Now that's, I mean, I I don't know what you realize, what a high standard, what an up, guy this man was what a spirit of excellence he moved in that his work 
spoke so much volumes. I mean, if you are looking for somebody to find a fault in them, and that is your sole purpose, you'll find a fault in anybody. You'll find a fault in Mother Teresa. Because people, and, 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 and I want to talk just a side note about our culture. We live in an age where we are in a news culture. People are telling us stuff all the time. If I pick the nicest person in this church, which is not me, some people are nicer. And we decide that we're going to find a fault in that person. It won't take us minutes. But a few seconds we'll find a fault in a person. And just a side note is, we need to walk in grace and not just jump into judging people and putting people in one. Our society is moving that way, but God's people do not have to move that way. We need to be different from the world. That because the Lord treats us with much grace. He gives us time. Second chance, third, fourth, 70 times seven, he said. But this guy, they could not find. I mean, these are haters. And they could not find any fault in him. And he says, the only way we could get this guy is that if we crossed his faith somewhat. Then we can make him maybe, we might be able to find something there. Let's keep on reading. So the administrators and the high officers went to the king and said, Long live the king. <laughs> Pretenders, right? You have those people that go to your boss. And they're the greatest angel uh, around the boss. And you're like, man, he's a... but you know them in the break room. <laughs> we are all in agreement. We, administrators, officials, high officials, and advisors and governors that the king should make a law that will strictly enforce, be, should be strictly enforced. Give orders that you, for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed. An official law of the Medes and the Persians and cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. These guys, I mean, they like me. They think I'm great. They think I'm, wow. I never knew that people liked me this much. He signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. With his windows open towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking God for help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law for that for the next 30 days? Any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except you, your majesty will be thrown into the den of lions? Oh, yes, I did, he replied. That decision stands. It is the official law of the Medes and Persian, and it's irrevocable. 
Obviously, if you went to Sunday school, you know the rest of the story. If you didn't, let me help you out. They reported Daniel. Guess what? Daniel did. And as the story would go, the king actually liked Daniel a lot. And he was, put, he was in a bad predicament. He didn't want to do this, but it was the law of the land. He had to uphold. He saw in to uphold the law. He had put his, he, he, he even felt bad. Horrible. And Daniel, who we started reading this story, things were going very well for him. He was doing well. And he had served other kings before. He had served Nebuchadnezzar well. He had served, uh, and you know, and, and, and he's, he, all of a sudden, life is going on just normal. He's cruising, things are good, and bang, he finds himself in a situation. He finds himself in a situation. He's having to deal with people, people that don't like him, people that want him bad, they want him dead, they want him gone, people that are jealous about his life, they don't celebrate with him, he's doing well. You know, when you have somebody in your own house that's doing well, guess what? It benefits all of us. They were short-sighted. They're looking at it and thinking, oh my goodness, he's just getting all the accolades. He's getting all da-da-da-da. And they wanted to take him down. I, and, and I mean, like, a, if he goes down, it affects the whole kingdom because he was that instrumental. He's at this job for a long time. Not only is he going to lose the job, he's facing death. Now it's really a reality. And he's in a situation where Daniel... Needs a breakthrough. And I think that happens a lot with our lives. You're going through life just as normal. You're going well. But not all the the people around you mean you well. They don't, you, you think, well, maybe you're down there together. But once you start to rise, they're not happy for you. Instead of cheering you on, hey, one of us is doing well. They're thinking, why not me? And so all of a sudden you think I had this loyal people around me. But they were only loyal as long as it benefited them. How many know those people? If that's you, please don't raise your hand. We'll pray for you after the service. And, 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 and it's amazing too with other, how life is. I, I don't know about you, but it's happened to me many times in the past where things are just going great. You're going through your life. And bang, I remember about seven years ago, I was uh, actually driving from here, going back home. Like go, uh, and, and I'm, on, I'm going, um, I'm driving over on uh, Old Cheney, and I get a call from my sister in Kenya. Uh, my dad had been sick just a little bit, but it wasn't anything serious that we knew of. And I knew he was going to, they had talked to him the night before, and I knew he was going to the hospital to see the doctor to see what he was, just kind of cold symptoms. And my sister calls me and she says, hey, dad's gone. And I don't know about you, when you're 10,000 miles away from your family, it feels like a very, very long place from there. And I was on 14th, just about to go that uphill. I turned around and went to Christ Place parking lot. Man, I cannot drive probably for 15 minutes, and I just wailed and cried. And, and I just felt like, oh, my goodness, I wish I could be there in, in a moment. And the next couple of days would be the longest trip overseas you know you you still have to sit down next to people on the plane and have small talk oh where are you going back home for and you repeat the situation and just like that it changes and that is life sometimes 
And that's what Jesus told us about, that uh, in this life we will have trouble. We will have things that will show up that were unexpected. Daniel is here. He's having to face probably his own death. Because he knows. I mean, this guy's been working for the kings. He knows what it means. He's not a person that did not understand the implication of what just happened. He knew probably he structured the constitution. Who knows? Because he was that smart. And he goes back to the Lord. He needs a breakthrough. We know the end of the story. He did get a breakthrough. He did get thrown into the den of lions. I grew up around lions in Kenya. You don't want to be alone with one lion someplace. Definitely you don't want to be in a den full of angry lions. Not a good idea. Bad, bad idea. Probably be torn in pieces before he lands. And his God that he prayed regularly to. The God who created the heavens and the earth. The one who understands the end from the beginning. The one who sees it all. Responded to him in the most miraculous of ways. And God shows up for Daniel in this place. He gets a breakthrough in his life and God, in, in the whole situation. His, this king and all the people get to, to get a witness of who God is. That surely there is a God in heaven. I do want to say that in his life, he wasn't getting breakfast just because it was just, it was going to God because at the moment that he needed God. We read he did what he always did. Daniel was walking in relationship with God. Prayer wasn't just a place he goes for need. He had an ongoing, life-going relationship where he's getting closer to God. He's growing with God. And so when he comes in, Lord, I, I know you, Lord. And I know you're faithful. And he's getting to the place like, hey, God, even if, even if you don't deliver me, I still trust you, God. But in this situation, God, I need a breakthrough. Hello, heaven. And heaven responded to Daniel. Heaven responds to us. Daniel in chapter 10, he did say that those that know their God, they are strong and they shall do mighty exploits. He puts the emphasis on people who know God. He puts the emphasis on their relationship. Now, God can respond to a desperate prayer in the moment. But I tell you, if you're already walking in relationship of knowing God, he will show you things that you need to see. He will protect you. He will redeem you. He'll, he, and you will know how to pray. And God shows up for Daniel. But also the other thing that it teaches us when you look at the story, it's the nature and the reality of the enemy that we face every day. The enemy is jealous of you, if I would tell you. We do have an adversary uh, that, that is not, doesn't like us. It's not people. You realize that what was going on is not the people that were jealous of Daniel. It's the enemy that wanted to take Daniel out. Now, the enemy will use people, and sometimes people will be used by the devil, and they don't know it. So don't quit getting mad at people. Stop praying for people. Because even the worst people in your life, they need the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So if you start having a spiritual perspective, realize, okay, I know what's going on. And let me tell you why the enemy is jealous of you. His future has already been decreed. If you've read the book, you'll find that out. 
We know it's going to end. We know how this story ends. And he has no opportunity for redemption. But you and I do. Human beings, God has created what we just sang here. Death could not hold him. He conquered the grave. Why? He did it for us. See, anytime we come to the Lord, no matter how far we've fallen, if we've fallen, as long as we are living and breathing, we have an opportunity to come back to Jesus. That makes him mad. That makes him jealous. So if you're ever frustrated why the enemy seems to be attacking you, he's jealous of you. You know, like today, the law says, his masters are new. Might have been horrible yesterday, but says, oh, that's all right. I get it. His mercies are new every morning. God, I keep doing the same thing over and over again. His mercies are new every morning. Look at an enemy that is jealous. And we can have a relationship. With God, a thriving relationship with our Creator. Because He's opened the doors. He's made the way. He's created the opportunity for us to have this in our lives. But He also use, he uses schemes. Uh, he is deceptive. He would maybe try to get us through our own problems or try to use others to get us. And, and, and just tell you, he's, he's out to get us. When we see that, there is a truth about that spiritual warfare that we face on a daily basis. And the reality of the conflict that we exist in the other realm. And for us to be successful in our life, and by success I mean not just that you did everything better than anybody else, but by success it means that you fulfill what God put you on this earth to do. We need to have the realization that there is another realm that we deal with. And that our, what we see is not all that we see. And it's not all that there is. Some people will call it circumstances. But Jesus unmasked it all and realized that it's not just circumstances. Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians 10. He says that uh, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity into the obedience of Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 10.3. I don't have it there if you're taking notes. When we have that, then we can have breakthroughs in our lives. Our battles, I always look and think of it, there are battles that we face that are short battles. It's a one-woman thing. You've got to go fight, win that battle, you move on. I know the shortest battle ever fought, recorded, was the Anglo-Zanzibar uh, uh, Anglo War of 1896. It was 45 minutes. It was over. That's the ever shortest. And we have those 45 minutes battles sometimes. Things are going on. They're not very significant. They're not going to change our lives dramatically. But it's a stumbling block, maybe even for the day or for the week. And we get to decide whether we're going to fight it the Lord's way or we're going to fight it the world's way. And then someone did something and messed up my whole week. 
That's giving in to little bottles. And then you have those bottles that are somewhat prolonged and they're kind of seasonal. You know, it's going to make a shift. If it's there one, it's going to make a shift into our lives. And they have some kind of significance because they're seasonal. They define maybe a season in your life. Maybe a season where of difficulty, a season of hardship, a season of sickness, a season maybe of, uh, of lack. But they're not long time. And you even know like, oh man, I'm broke right now. It hasn't been going very well. But I am hopeful because I know this doesn't define me. Long time, I know things are going to be all right. But we still, can fight, we still fight those battles. An enemy likes to look for those opportunities to get us done so that we throw in the towel in those battles. And then there are those battles that are long term. I mean like the Vietnam War. That changes everything. That just keeps going on and going on. And those battles, I call those battles strongholds or iniquities. You'll find their battles, okay, my, 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 my dad fought this battle. How many know that there are people... In the Vietnam War, you'll see generations. Like my dad fought it and I did. Same war. Still going on. They're passed on generationally. They go on. They go on. You're like, wow. I struggle with alcohol. My grandpa struggled with alcohol. Never break that. Man, my dad did the same thing. And look what's happening now. Oh, when I grow up, I don't want to be like my mother. I would never do. I want to be the opposite of what my mother does. And you've grown up now. It's like. Look yourself in the mirror, picture of your mother. It's called iniquity in the Bible. It's iniquity. That those battles that you, you gotta kinda be wise in the way you approach them. Don't be foolish about it. When you see it, it's there. The odds are there. But yet God says that even then I've equipped you to overcome those battles. It's interesting when Abiziah talks about that he was bruised for iniquities. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. In the same line, iniquities and transgressions are both sins. But transgression is something you do. It's something where you acted upon. This is my intuition. This is what my, 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 my desire was. This is what my, um, my, my temptation was. It's not wrong that you are inclined to a certain kind of sin, but acting on it is different. So that's it. when you act on it, you transgress. It's on the outside path. He was wounded for a transgression. Your wound is always on the outside. But he was bruised for our iniquities. The bruising is always inside. Some of you white people, if you're bruised, I can tell. But my fifth shade of black, sometimes I'm bruised and I'm hurting. You don't know I'm bruised. And you want to say, hey, how you doing, bro? What's up? What's going on, bro? It's like, oh, I'm bruised. You just can't see it. But this is internal. You know it. When they touch the soft paws, you know the pain, but it's not visible. It was bruised for our iniquities. It's internal. I mean, iniquities are things that we face. Sometimes we have no idea where, why I'm inclined to certain sins. Maybe I'm inclined to lying. Maybe I'm inclined to drugs. Maybe I'm inclined to a certain type of addiction. And it seems like I can never break this. And he says he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So the work that he did on the cross completes the whole thing. 
And the enemy will use any kind of battle in our life to keep us down so that we don't have the breakthrough we need in our life. Because ultimately, like Daniel, he wants death for us. He wants to finish us off because he's jealous of us. Because anytime we decide, God, I'm in business, forgive me, I want to come to you. He says, yes, open hands, always, always, always. The day that stops is the day we die. Because that ends. So as long as you're kicking and breathing, God's giving you 10 opportunities to make things right with him. When you quit breathing, that's over. And God responded to Daniel, and he had a breakthrough in his life in a most miraculous sense. I believe that God's going to work in your life. I believe that this week and this year is going to be a year of great breakthrough. I believe that people right now that are dealing with short battles, little things that kind of distract you, that bring a little bit of anger or whatever it is, but they are, they are distraction, they are stumbling loss, that God is giving you the courage through faith to be able to overcome those battles and the things that made you sweat yesterday are not going to maybe say, making you sweat yesterday. I believe that God is also going to give people strength that this year is going to be, maybe you've been on a season that is saying, man, I'm ready for this season to be over. 2018 can be the year where you break through to the next season. I'm tired of being where I've been because I know the Lord, He has good plans for my life. He says in His Word that I know the plans that I have concerning you. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and to give you a hope. This is a year that I'm going to break through to the next side. And I believe that there are some people that have seen their family broken, and they see the cycle go on and on and on. And I want to speak to you today that God wants liberty for your life. Your past does not define you. Your past could produce who you are today, but it doesn't define your future when you're in Christ. He can take what was done today. He'll take the broken pieces of your life, shape them, and use what the enemy had intended for evil yesterday, and turn it around for your good. What was meant to destroy you will, will bless you this year in Jesus' name. To live that way, we have to have a full understanding and be very aware of the schemes of the enemy. Not only be understanding and aware of the schemes of the enemy, but we also have to utilize the spiritual gifts that God has given us, the tools that God has given us properly. Properly. I tell you, there are two, a few guys I respect when it comes to fixing certain things. There are certain tools that you want in either Bruce King's life, in Ken Hyatt's life, Hans, Brad Watts. I'll trust him with that tool. But there are certain tools you don't want me to hold and be in charge of. I can be a cheerleader. It's like, you know, pastor, hold out, man. Just in a seat, pray. I can do that. Because with tools, they help us, but they can also destroy us if they're not used properly. It's like giving a 15-year-old. My son just turned 14. I don't know how that happened. And we were driving the other day. And I was like, man, next year. He reminded me very, uh, you know, in a year, I could get a Lana's permit. Uh, You're not permitted until you're 25. (laughs) But, you know, the, the vehicle is a great tool when used right. But how many people have died on the road? So when we understand, just understanding what or the tools that God has given us to use, does not necessarily, it doesn't equate to success and having breakthrough and living a victorious life. They, those tools have to be used properly. 
And so we understand what they are. That's the first step. Then the application of it matters a lot. And God has given us tools. That we used to use faithfully. Let me draw out just a verse here from Daniel's story that describe what kind of a person he was. Um, um, in verse 3, it says, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other kings, of all the other administrators and high officers because, Daniel, great, because of Daniel's great ability, the king made him plans to, to promote him. So verse 4. Then the other ministers, the high officers, began searching for a fault in the way Daniel was handling governing affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn him. Because he was faithful, he was always responsible, and completely trustworthy. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. And I think from that passage, we can learn a couple of things. Because I've seen a lot of believers who have good intentions. They want to see breakthrough in their lives, but they're not fighting the war, the, the war wisely. Three things, maybe you can write them quickly, that I, I'm going to talk about and in ending this. The tools. I'm talking about the tools that he's given us. James chapter 4 helps us understand that, how to use those tools. James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. He says, Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Another translation is, draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Who makes the fast move? We do. And then he goes on to say, wash your hands, you sinners. Not I will wash your hands, you wash your hands. Purify your heart. Not that I will purify, you purify your heart. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And I've seen people go through the cycle. In their teens, they hit their 20s. You think, hey, maybe they'll mature a little bit and will change. They hit their 30s. They're growing a lot of things. Huh? 40, 50. And those decades just keep adding up. But they're struggling with the same thing over and over again. And it says about how divided. Those are the long-term battles. And yet God has proclaimed, Jesus has proclaimed victory over this, that we are no longer bound by these things, that we can have freedom. We just sang this morning. He that the Son set free. What song was that? It's free indeed. What God's given us here, the first insight there that we've got to do, the first one, is submitting yourself to God. Because some people, they see the devil, devil, watch out, I got my black belt in the word. I feel like those moves are coming back. I don't know if my body will cooperate. And it's like, you know, I saw how Jesus did it. You bring it on, devil. Bring it on. You don't know who you're messing with. Remember the sons of Scava in the Bible? They watched Peter and Paul and they're casting out demons and they, and they, and they watched them very carefully. It's like, wow, wow, I get it. They're saying, in Jesus' name, that's the way to do it. So they see him casting out demons and stuff and says, we're going to go out and find someone that's demon possessed. I want to bind the demons out of that guy. 
And the demons talk back to the guys and says, hey, we know Jesus, we know Paul, who are you? They beat up the guy and he was like, oh my goodness. So a lot of people face the enemy and they're ill-equipped because they've skipped the first step. They're not fully submitted themselves to God. The weapon only happens and it's only applicable. It's only, it will only work if you're first done the first thing. First things first. You must submit yourself to God. Then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Second thing and a tool that he's given us is the anointing. Come on, say the anointing. That's the power of God working through us. And God's anointing will show up at the moment to help you overcome whatever it is that you're facing. Spoke about about that um, um, guy in the Old Testament, strong man, Samson, a few uh, last year. Different times, Samson will face his enemy, and the Bible says he was already strong. But the Bible says that the, the spirit of the Lord came upon him, the anointing came upon his life, and he was able to to stand three hundred guys and kill them. The spirit of the Lord came upon him. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon you. You already have the Holy Ghost in you if you are a believer. But the Spirit comes upon that's the anointing to assist you in your present situation. And God's given us the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We have access to the anointing. You're faced with a mountain. We are faced with a situation. God can anoint you for the moment to overcome. It's like, I don't know how in the world I got through that. This was supposed to finish me. This was supposed to take me down. But somehow, some way, I saw the hand of God lift me up. God snatched me out of this situation. I would have been tossed. I would have been dead in this situation. But I know God showed up at the just the right time. That's the anointing, the power of the anointing. And the last thing, the, other, the third thing here is wisdom. It says, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. Your loyalty is divided between God and the world. It puts a lot of responsibility on us. There are times where you're praying for a situation, dealing with a situation, where you prayed and God has responded. But you're not being smart about things. Oh boy, my family's been dealing with alcohol problem for a long time. Super Bowl is about to start. You have a 70-inch screen TV in your basement. But you're going to go to the sports bar and hang out with the guys. I'll just drink Sprite when I go there. I know when I drink any alcohol, I'm going to be fine. I've been, I've been clean for a long time. I'm just going to watch the game and enjoy it with the boys. The first round they come in, oh yeah, I'll get a Diet Coke, please. And your team starts losing. Oh, I guess wine's not bad. Just one example of many. Keep going to that computer. Logging on to those sites. You, how about putting your computer in the open? And you can put that scenario in many different things in life. And the Lord says we can exercise wisdom and say, sometimes you'll find out they're not as strong as you thought you might have been. It's not the Lord not doing his part. It's just us not, you're exercising wisdom. And when it's one of those, by saying, I'm not going to go to that street. I'm not going to log on to that site. I'm not going to watch that movie. I am not going to drink. I'm not going to be in that situation to put myself there. I'm not going to hang out with that crew because whenever I hang out with that crew, I tend to do things that I regret. I'm going to go hang out with somebody else this time. 
I'm not going to be alone in this situation. You're not going to find me alone. Because I know when I'm alone, I know what I can do. I'm capable of doing a lot of distraction. So I'm not going to be alone. I'm going to have some friends around me that, that, that influence me to do the right thing. You know, Daniel, when he called, got called out many times when he was faced with situations, he wasn't praying just alone. He had Shadrach, Mishnah, and Abego. Many times they prayed. In chapter 2 of Daniel, you'll see the story of when king wanted to destroy all the people. And when God gave him the vision and the, uh, uh, the, the dream that the king had dreamt, that, that was the different king of Nebuchadnezzar. He went out and says, hey, brothers, we have a situation. Could we start praying? And they were praying. And then that night God gave Daniel the dream. He wasn't praying alone. Who are your, four par- who are your partners? Who are you praying? Who are you accountable to? says, man, bro, I have been dealing with the same situation. We need to raise an army. Need some prayers. How about come and hang out at my house? Or I'll come to your house. Because I don't want to hang with those people. So the third thing is wisdom. God says, just do the right thing. Don't put yourself in a situation that would help you. There are those things we have control of. And you put those shelters together. I escaped. I'm good. Because uh, and, and God will watch you. And as you move in wisdom, God will keep promoting you and helping you. And you're like, man, I used to start, this used to be a thing in my life. This, uh, it's, it's nothing. But even then, sometimes you still have to put measures in your life to keep you from on the trap of the one who is jealous of you, the one who is out to get you, the one who is out to destroy you. The Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. This year, let it be your year of breakthrough. Let it be a year where you go to the other side. I want it to be in December 31st, you look back and say, absolutely, I am so thankful to God. This is the doing of the Lord, and it's marvelous in my side. I'm not where I used to be. Thank God, this is the year where I got my victory. It can be that year for you. Allow God's anointing to work in your life. Pray continually. Build on that relationship that you have with God. Get closer to God. Submit yourself to God. Don't be divided. Don't be enticed by the world. It leaves people empty. It might look fun on the outside, but it really isn't fun. Don't go to those places. Use wisdom. And God will promote you from one glory to another. Did you get something from the Word of God this morning? Amen. Would you stand with me? Amen. Come on, let's stand and ask.